Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? Ready. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NFL. Jackson rolls to the right, lobs deep. He's got a man open. Hollywood Brown, he's going in. Touchdown, Ravens. Oh, it's unbelievable. As if scripted by Steven Spielberg, just as Trace McSorley goes down with a knee injury at the exact moment, Lamar Jackson comes back on the field, comes into the game. He throws it, and a Hollywood Brown catches it on fourth down and takes it to the house. Dobbins goes in motion. Jackson gives it to Dobbins. Dobbins hit the one, he's in, the Ravens converts. It's 42-35, Ravens in front. Mayfield back to pass, throws near side, Hunt caught it, at the 15, at the 10, at the 5, at the 1, at the pylon, touchdown, Kareem Hunt! Morgan Cox for the snap, Sam took the hold, Tucker's kick is traveling down the middle, it is long enough, it is good! All right, let's see, we get a few hook and laterals there. Hunt got it first on the completion, Baker winds up with a football in his hands, and here's Jarvis Landry, the zeroes on the clock, throwing it back, ball picked up, wow, got no place to be, there's nobody behind him, this is Higgins, safety, (laughs) and that's how it should end, and that was just the last two minutes right there. Touchdown, two-point conversion, another touchdown, a field goal, and a safety. 20 points in all, lead changes. That game had it all, PK. 47-42, the Ravens beat the Browns. And I think I'm going to go with either uh, Francis Ford Coppola or Martin Scorsese. Because <laughs> that was clearly a movie, not real life. Because that doesn't happen in real life. Yeah, and, and you know, it didn't make my day, but it, it made my night. So maybe i got to consider Eastwood. Very well done. Well played. Good good work with the movies right there. Get you a movie show. A little bit of a mystery there, so, you know, I think Hitchcock deserves some consideration. Good call. The mystery here, Lamar Jackson, we were told it was cramps, but the way he was running to the locker room, I think uh, <clears throat> people who played the game assume that someone had to go to the bathroom real bad. Yeah, he was cramping. Well, but he was going he had, for a long time. He had to go for two. Exactly. There were all those jokes on Twitter. Twitter had it. Rich Eisen won it. Yeah. Which one was Eisen's? Is this the second time he's had to go for two in this quarter or something like that? There uh, it is. Yeah, I, I just love the way he ran out uh, to the was a kid, the kicker, Tucker. Just yeah, right. him in the air. That's just real emotion. And, uh, you know, that's why I'm a sports fan. I couldn't care less who won the game. Makes no difference to me. But I just enjoy That's what I'm, I enjoyed it from the entertainment aspect. And to see that, and it, it looked like a Big 12 game or something. <laughs> no defense was being played, and you were thinking, oh, the Ravens, you left the Browns too much time. Oh, the Browns, you left the Ravens too much time. And uh, sure enough, they all did. And then he kick, kicks a 55-yarder, and Jackson sprints out there, lifts the kicker up in the air. It was a fun, it was fun to watch. For the Ravens, they are 8-5. and five. They are tied with the Dolphins for the last playoff berth in the AFC. So it's a huge win. They had to have it, and they got it. The Browns are 9-4, and four, so they missed a chance to pick up ground on the Steelers, and they're tied with the Colts for the first wild card in the AFC. 
Uh, the rest of the news, the Eagles have said that Jalen Hurts will start at quarterback. They're playing the Cardinals this week. Obviously, he got his first NFL start and beat the Saints 24-21. So, seems obvious, but there it is. It's official now. Sam Darnold told reporters he's got no desire to find a new team, despite the fact that 13 He says, I love it here. I love the people. I love living here. I've always said I want to be a Jet for life, but that decision isn't necessarily up to me. That's how I feel. Will the USC guy get another chance with another coaching staff or when everything gets turned upside down here in a few weeks? Is he going to be one of the things that's on the move? Yeah, it's an interesting situation for the Jets here because Darnold, obviously coming out of SC, played well, high pick. And you can get a quarterback, and that's great if you get a great quarterback. But football is the ultimate team game, and you obviously got so many other holes. So, And the Jets have a couple of first-round picks, as I understand it. So what do you do with those picks? You know, you can flip them and bring in, uh, what, four, five, six different players with those picks, depending on how you package it. Yep. And so, you know, what do they do? I don't. I assume the management is going to clean house. I don't know about that. But whoever it is, is going to face the same interesting I, I wouldn't call it a dilemma. Maybe call it an opportunity. And then you have to evaluate, Darnold, into what do you think. Because even if you have, well, you get four, five, six other players. If you don't have a quality quarterback, well, then you're still fighting uphill there. So it's going to be intriguing to see what they do with all this stuff here you know, once we get done with this season. And it looks like, uh, unless they go on a big winning streak here, that they would get the number one pick. And how would they? How would that play out? And, what does Trevor Lawrence want to do and all that stuff? And can he strong arm the Jets into making him go someplace else or what have you? We've seen that a couple of times. So, fascinating stuff. Hi, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell told reporters, we're not planning on any of our personnel being vaccinated in advance of the Super Bowl. Asked about the COVID-19 vaccines rolling out, so they're not going to jump in line for that. We've heard the playoffs will be some type of uh, mini bubble. They cannot afford to have an expensive playoff game or certainly the Super Bowl uh, messed up. They want to keep those things on track, so we'll see what they do. But that's one thing they're not going to do right there. What? What places are they in line then? I don't know. Every state's every state's doing it different. So I guess for every NFL team, it'd be different. I I don't know. I don't even know what how it's going to work here in Utah. But every state's supposed to be drawing up a, a list based on age and occupation and health and other factors of who gets the vaccine when. I because I've paid literally zero attention. We're a ways off, PK. We don't need to pay attention yet. DJ and PK. Hashtag College Football. Well, it has pared down. Uh, Jordan Wilmore had an injury a few weeks back, which has slowed him down. But Ty Jordan's emergence uh, has really given him the, the lion's share of the work the last couple of weeks, and uh, he's he's doing a great job. He's averaging over seven yards a carry, and so he's he's been a big plus for us. Makai um, Bernard is also doing some good things, but uh, you know we've got four backs. Who knows if if we'll be able to hang on to them all? You know, when, when you have freshmen that rise up and and uh, do well, upperclassmen sometimes uh, you know, get the notion that maybe they're they're not in the plan. So we'll see what happens with that position. But we, we really like the position. We got we got four guys that we're confident in right now, and we'll just see uh, what direction things go. That was Kyle Whittingham at about eight thirty on the media call that we aired live here on the Zone. And later in the day, you know, he obviously knew something was up. We didn't know exactly what was up, but later in the day, we found out Devin Brumfeld and. 
Jordan Wilmore both going into the NCAA transfer portal, which is uh, half of their running backs. And then when you think about it, PK, they had a couple running backs go into the portal earlier, so they've lost four in a year. We may we may have to start apologizing to quarterbacks for picking on that position group. And four of six running backs taken off. And, and it's true, there's a freshman who looks awesome, so I guess you think your playing time is way down. But that was still surprising if two guys go. I mean, he was kind of hinting that one guy was going to. Well, Brumfield, well, I was surprised. Uh, Wilmore, not so. Uh, much. I hate to say it, uh, I thought uh, he wouldn't live up to the hype anyway. When I, I think I told you, you did when he was coming out of the South Bay area where I worked. Hold, hold the plug. Hold, not not. Just hold it a little bit on him before we anoint him the next great one. I mean, not that he can't be a good player. Uh, that's not the issue, but uh, so I figured he was gone, and I figured that's who Kyle was referencing. Uh, I didn't know that Brumfield would look to go, uh, but as he said, Kyle, you had Bernard in there too, and obviously the other kid, Ty Jordan, is taking the world by storm here. So I never blamed a kid for wanting to get more playing time. I mean. We can say, oh, you're coming to this school, you're coming here for an education, blah, blah, blah. And that's just the academic speak that they like to spiel upon us. But it's not true. I mean, they're, they're coming to play football. And hopefully they're coming to get an education too, and most of them are. But the fact is, they want to get out on the field. And it doesn't look like these two are going to be starters. And they're certainly not going to be the featured back. So I don't blame either one of them. They're not going to be the feature back. Uh, Ty Jordan has, has gotten that, and I think Wilmore's the easy one to see go because his skill set is more like Jordan, except nowhere near as good as Jordan. But Brumfield seemed to have a role as a yeah. red zone short yardage guy, and once you've got a role, you also have a chance to expand it. You know, and you're also there. I mean, running backs take a lot of hits. You can't assume that a running back's going to be healthy for a whole season. So I think that's why it was more surprising to all of us that uh, Devin was taken off. Yeah. All right, Oregon is into the championship game. Washington can't go. They don't have 53 scholarship players, they say. So Oregon and USC Friday night in the Pac-12 title game. And now Colorado is sitting waiting to see if somebody else becomes available. And then the game at the bottom of the standings, Arizona and Cal is off. Both those teams with COVID issues. And Arizona has a... Changing the coaching staff, and everybody's got to be down after 70-70, to 70, your devils. Well, this is why the conference in another screw-up shouldn't have had divisions. I said it. I said it from the very first day. I actually said it before they announced it when I found out that what they were going to do with the six games and then the seventh game wouldn't count in the standings with the opportunity to play it. You know, And some of them, like you just said, Cal is only playing four games yep. and whatnot, so they're not anywhere near that. But this is another blemish on another stupid decision that this leadership has made. They should have had the conference just go 1 through 12. And then if two couldn't go, then you go down the line. Now they're – this doesn't make any sense to me, man. Just I think we all would have rather ridiculous. seen USC and Colorado than USC and Oregon. And the, uh, and the thing is, this uh, you know, you can listen and say, oh, this is the media second guessing. No, because the Mountain West had the exact same dilemma. The Mountain West did it differently. The Mountain West got it right. And they've got San Jose and Boise State. Now, as it worked out, they would end up with these two teams either way because they're in opposite divisions. But you didn't know that going in. You didn't know San Jose State was going to go undefeated. So they left themselves flexibility to see how it played out. And they got 
two undefeated teams going, they did it right. And I've told you a thousand times, you need to have flexibility within a structured system. An excellent line. Use that. I've, I've mentioned that to a couple people who uh, are managers and hire people, and they're like, oh, that is an awesome line. Makes if you I sound heard, smarter. Oh, yeah. If I heard that line in an interview, I'd totally be impressed. Say it one more time for all the people who are going to job interviews soon. You need to have flexibility within a structured system. <laughs> That's awesome. My mentor in life taught me that. Taught me many things. And that's one of the things that I've struggled with, particularly within the family, because I've had a lot of inflexibility. My problem. Flexibility within a structured system. I really believe in that. Uh, The bowl games that were just announced are already changing. SMU is not going to play in the Tropical Smoothie Frisco Bowl against UTSA. I feel like now that I saw BYU play UTSA, somehow I have, like, I follow them more. I know more about them. I saw them play Arizona State a few years ago. I don't know. For all those teams, somehow they stick out. Well, because they're a decent program. Yeah. Don't know what's going to happen with the bowl game, if it's going to be off or if they're going to find another opponent for UTSA. Uh, Well, Herm Edwards, they asked him yesterday because I was listening to the Phoenix Station, as I often do, and he didn't give it up completely, but he said there's some things, there's some opportunities for some teams that don't appear right now to have opportunities. And that he was very vague about that. Like for the Devils, I think, what are they, one and two? Mm-hmm. So they'd have to beat Oregon State at two o'clock in the morning in, in Corvallis, and if they should do that. So he, he sort of hinted. Now, I don't know that it has any connection to this, but he hinted that there could be some possibilities for some teams uh, if they don't, like for the Utes, they would be in the same situation, right? Because right. they're two and two. And so they should obviously win on Saturday, after, Saturday morning, afternoon. And then they would have some opportunity. So it could be there, too. So my guess is that's what he was referring to. Not necessarily specifically to this very bowl game, but the idea of stuff that doesn't appear to be possible right now could be possible as the week develops. And Kyle Whittingham has said uh, after the Washington State game, kind of read the room, see what the players want to do, and let them have the call. Uh, because obviously it takes you right into the holidays and for the guys who want to go see family and you can't just zoom in and out for two or three days like they often do. Uh, oh, you know. I like that, using the word zoom. Oh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> you'd, have to, uh, you'd have to quarantine. So Kyle's going to uh, see what the team wants to do after the Washington State game, assuming they win it. Vanderbilt's got a new coach, Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Lee takes over, replacing Derek Mason, who was 27 and 55 in six years in Nashville. And Northwestern needs an AD because Jim Phillips is going to go be the commissioner of the ACC. Vanderbilt, they just uh, just stirring the pot. Nothing's changing at Vanderbilt in the SEC, is it? Well, unless they reduce the academic standards greatly. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah Jazz. Clarkson driving to the window. Right there, he'll hammer. DeAndre Ayton late to come over and another slam dunk. Donovan working the right side, isolated on Galloway. Between the legs, crosses over, drives, kicks out. Ingles wide open, bypasses. Gives it out to Bogdanovich for a contested three as the shot clock goes off and he hits it. Here's Conley through the lane. Gets caught in the air, flares it back to Donovan. Fakes the pass, penetrates, rises, right hand, cock and hammer. Donovan Mitchell. 
Highlights as the Jazz get the win over the Phoenix Suns, 111-95. End of the second quarter, start of the third. They really open the game up. There's uh, How many guys offensively, PK, do you have complete and total trust in? Not, oh, he's a nice player, but complete and total trust in on this. Because I was watching the lineups as they were mixing guys through and, and Quinn was subbing, and it looks to me like, I think 99% of Jazz fans complete and total trust in at least seven guys. So you can run some offensively, yeah. Well, I'd only go three. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, what do you mean by you mean scoring the basketball? Yeah, when they have five guys out there, there's nobody you can help off of. They'll all, the lineup that caught my eye was Clarkson was in, Ingles was out, uh, Gobert was in, Favors was out. And then it was Conley and Mitchell and Bogdanovich. But, you know, and then they, they're making a sub, and I'm like, they're, they're not losing that much offensively here. It's like all five guys can score. If you get any kind of scramble and anybody's open, that guy's going to make you pay. Wow. If they defend, they ought to go on runs. I mean, then no matter who your five second are. second the, in the conference, right? Plausibly, yeah. I mean, it comes down to stops because when they were in the bubble scoring at will, they still lost to Denver because they couldn't stop Denver from scoring at will. Yeah, but they're not in the bubble and they got favors. So that made me wonder if they could be second watching that. That oh, is exactly they, what you've got seven to. guys you can count on offensively, and you've got one of the best rim protectors, if not yeah. the best, and you've got a very good backup. In that very position. At the wow. At the point this was hitting me, the game was still really close, and it's the Suns who I think are in that seven, eight, nine, ten range in that group. And or six if you ask other radio stations. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't Man, see it, but that doesn't mean they're right. But then the but Suns preseason. I'm thi- game? I, I know, right? No, Jeez. but it was more on what I've seen out of these guys in the past too. And then they go on a thirty to six run. And I didn't see all of the run. I was bouncing back and forth the football game. It was getting to the point where the football game was getting my attention. I know, I know. And maybe one of these guys will end up shooting, uh, you know, 34% from three and uh, 42% from the floor. And you're like, well, actually, you're not automatic. I can't really count on you. So you count Gobert as automatic offensively. Because he's going to go to the rim. He's going to go to the rim and throw down dunks. Yeah, okay. and that's Maybe the thing. three times a game he's going to do that? Well, he's going to go to the rim every time. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to give it to him every time, but you can't leave him. If you leave him, he'll get a wide-open dunk. Man. It's a lot of offensive I, firepower. I appreciate, I appreciate your optimism there. I hope you're right. There's a lot of offensive firepower on that team, if, if everyone plays at that level. I mean... Like I said, somebody may end up shooting 34% with 42% shooting from the floor. And yeah, his name's Mike Conley. Yeah. <laughs> but it, are they going to leave him and he's going to wide open shots? I'm, I'm assuming the ball's going to be in Donovan Mitchell's hands a lot. And Conley will get to run the offense some, and Ingles will get to run the, ball, uh, get to run the offense some. But I think Donovan's going to have the ball a lot. Of course, I agree. All right, Jazz and the Clippers Thursday at 8, DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Do you think if Coach K hadn't lost the two non-conference games at home, if he'd still be saying that? That was, a, that was an old bite. All right, uh, basketball tonight, Utah and UVU. They're at the Huntsman Center. It's on Pac-12 Networks at 5 o'clock. Uh, the Aggies were going to play tonight, but that game's off. The uh, Dixie State game is off. It's like the Saturday game was. USU hoping to find an opponent for this weekend, hoping to be able to play a game then. So, welcome to 2020. 
Although we're not going to be able to say that for much longer, PK. We'll have to start making 2021 jokes. Writing stuff off to that. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Astros manager Dusty Baker says he is not sure about his status for the upcoming season. Not sure if he wants to continue to manage at the age of 71. He has had the option picked up for next season. Uh, Beyond that, he says, it depends on how I feel. Depends on how the team feels about me. You never know what changes are about to come in life. Dusty Baker basically saying, I'm day to day, aren't we all? Well, no, I think you you misspoke a little bit. He's sure about this season. He is sure about this season. The 2021 option is picked up. But it's after yeah, but that. You said he wasn't sure about managing this season. It Next. says he is this season. He isn't sure about beyond that. Well, yeah, I mean, he'd be 71 years old, and geez, manage managers change all the time. So I get it. So Cleveland made it official. They're going to use the Indians' nickname for the 2021 season. And then owner Paul Dolan says after that, it's a difficult and complex process to identify a new name and do all the things you do around activating that name. We're going to work at as quick a pace as we can while doing it right, but we're not going to do something just for the sake of doing it. We're going to take the time we need to do it right. So we got one more year of the Indians, and then we'll see. But it does look like that's the direction it's going in, that they'll be changing the nickname here down if the they're gonna do it this year then i'm not gonna come up with a nickname thursday i got time but where do we stop what about the braves and the chiefs i don't know uh after washington and cleveland uh, are you on deck i can't say you are on deck i don't know that well, why wouldn't you be on sure. deck uh because their owner doesn't care was the cleveland owner under a lot of pressure or did you just decide to do this uh, there's a right and a wrong i mean that, that, yeah. that's what factors into it my high school was the Chiefs, and they've changed their nickname. What's your high school now? I don't know. No. So, uh. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Dylan Cauley, former BYU wide receiver, joins us at 8 o'clock. Kyle Whittingham with another media ability at 8.30. And Brandon Huffman. From 24-7 Sports at 9.30. Yuck, you're ready for a little recruiting talk, aren't you? Get a little primer on what we're going to expect tomorrow. All right. We'll hear from Brandon coming up at 9.30. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. In the Zone Sports Network. Hot Texas Coast is brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Get 0% financing for up to 72 months plus a $2,500 purchase allowance. On a new 2021 XT4, XT5, or XT6. Shop your way at Jerry Signer Cadillac. Question of the morning. Should the Utes bother with a bowl game? That was literally the first question Kyle took 
in his media availability. And he left the door open. Leave it up to the players. And I got to say, hearing that, I started thinking, well, that's uh, 60-40 or 70-30 no. Maybe they'll go, but... You gotta wonder this deep when you've got uh, when you got a star player saying he's tired and exhausted, uh, and that was Britton Covey's comments after the Colorado game. Got to be open to the answer is uh, no here, PK. Oh, you definitely have to be open to that, but I have no idea what the percentage would be. I don't either. I, I think he. Well, you said sixty or forty. So. No, I'm just yeah, okay. So I've got an idea <laughs> guessing, but it's not like I've pulled the team and no. And it sounds like that's what Kyle's going to do. At least well, a leadership I think group. He said whatever. that's what he's going to do. It doesn't sound like it. He literally said it. So you can play the bite there. He said that's exactly what he would do. I don't know that Britton Covey is tired. I think it was more of the mental crap that he had to go through. And he said it knowing uh, that he had to get back on a plane. He had to study for a final and take it that day. Now, that doesn't mean either. in our day you had to go to the classroom and sit there and all that, but that's not the way it is now. Even my kid, who's a sophomore, the other day uh, tells me, I got a test in history today. I said, oh, yeah, he's just studying for you. Yeah, I've been studying for it. And it's like uh, 1 o'clock on Friday. So I said, oh, so you, and on Fridays they do online. And she said, eh. So I said, you, you got to take it. I figured, you know, you got till 2.30 when school's over. Oh, no, no, I got I to get it done by midnight tonight. <laughs> like, Wow, that's 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 crazy, you know. From from when I went to high school, because you got to, you have to get it done that day, which means literally that day extends all the way till midnight. And so Britton had that thing ha- hanging over his head uh, when he said that. Uh, but wonder in a week or so would he say the same thing, especially when they finish the season with three consecutive wins, which I anticipate that happening, right? And so they'll have some sort of momentum going forward, and they'll maybe excited about all that and to play another game. Maybe we can get four in a row, you know, something along those lines. I mean, I, that's, I'm just throwing stuff out there. I'm not saying that's what they're going to think or do, but you can see that at the time he made that comment, it could, his, his mindset could change. A lot of people on a Facebook page weighing in. He says, I would love to see the Utes in a bowl game. Kevin says, if they do go to bowl, I'll watch. Oh, for sure, yeah. That's um, a funny thing because I've been saying that you know this season doesn't really account for much, but the fact is, if it's your team and they're playing a game, you're going to watch. Matt says, "I hope they go for no other reason than the extra reps they get for next year." Continued development. Yeah, I think those reps are overstated, particularly this year. You think they figured it out watching these last two games? And really the last three, even though they lost the Washington game, they clearly were improving and were better than the SC game. So they learned whatever lesson every player's got to learn to tighten up the act. I don't think they figured it out. I think it was just the natural form of development that they would have had. And it wasn't the best competition. Uh, I think... I think if they play SC this week, it's a much different ball game than when they played SC because their program was in a state of flux. And everybody who's had a COVID issue, I think I saw this somewhere, in the, speaking of the conference, that it hasn't been where you had the COVID issue one week and then you're back on the field the next week. No, it actually lingered at least a couple, if not three. And at that point, whatever you've been doing is sort of like starting over. 
And so you're back to square one. So the Utes went through all that. They were off the field, off the practice field, and SC was on. And then SC's all, uh, you know, they come here. They had the opportunity to have stuff that they were able to get done. I think they had played two ball games at that point. And so the Utes weren't, or just weren't in a position to win. I'm not sure they beat, I mean, they could beat some garbage team, but uh, I'm not sure they could beat a quality team at that point. Well, now they're not at that point. They're a month away from that point. So I think it's the natural evolution of what was going to happen anyway because of the circumstances. And so there's something to be said for continuing that if that's what you decide to to go, what are they, 2-2 two and two now? And so get a half of a season and finish 4-2. and two. Then in terms of... Going, having momentum, I don't know who they would play in a bowl game. I don't know if they would win, but just assume for the sake of argument that they would, that they would have all sorts of momentum rolling into the offseason, and that might be something that they want to do. Maybe not, but maybe that's something they want to do. Matt wants them to play. They need a little more experience, so definitely go to a bowl. You know, that the stuff you're talking about, that whole trend, you know, that's the kind of stuff that you expect to see early in the season. But I wonder how much, the, and I've never really heard coaches talk about this, how much they expect that to kind of flatten out. Oh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's your point that you're making, and I think that would flatten out. I don't think whether they play in a bowl game or not will have any bearing on next season. Right. Getting the, the, the difference from game one to two to game to three from games one to game two to game three was pretty substantial, and we could all see it on TV. When you're getting out to game five, game six, game seven, which they won't get to, uh, you know, how much of a difference does that really make at that point? Um, Scotty, Scotty buys the old line. He says, yes, you're lotted up to 15 additional practices. We need everything we can get. Except, as we just see with BYU's bowl schedule, how would you possibly put 15 practices in when you're playing on eight or nine days' notice? And for the Utes, you know, that's basically the same timeline if they draw a bowl game on December 29th. Yeah, I know. So, out the window there. Yeah, that's why that, that, that's cliche. Yeah, oh, we get the 15 extra practices. No, you don't. I mean, most of the teams don't even use them anyway because you're up against finals and it's a crazy time of year depending on when the game is. And if it's after Christmas and you can have an opportunity to go home for a day or two, you do that. So that that's what uh, – that's, you know, you've got to put your hand in the dirt. you got to have hat on hat. and It's just a cliche. Every practice is important, but it's not like if you don't have them, you can't overcome them because that would mean that every team that didn't go to a bowl – no one would ever go to a bowl because you didn't have those extra practices. <laughs> Blair says, will any of the bowl games bother with the Utes? Two and two teams not going to draw a large audience. Most of the Ute fans have fallen off the bandwagon. Oh, now it's on. Accusing the Utes of running away from their team. Uh, I disagree on that. I think most Ute fans understand this is a quirky season. So uh, when your team is playing, you watch them, and then you want to see them win. But if they don't win, I don't think it took a long time for folks to get off of or get over the Washington second half debacle, uh, because if they understand just the nature of this season. It's too crazy to be drawing big term, big time evaluations, and plus the that scenario and that script is flipped anyway. Now uh, you're very excited. Actually, I think if you're a Ute fan today, you're extremely excited about 2021. From what you've seen the last couple of weeks uh, with uh, a defense that 
is usually solid. And even in the Washington game, you know, still at least uh, fairly solid. And then what they've done the last couple of weeks, uh, just giving you form forms of encouragement, as Rudy would say in his French accent. Plus the emergence of Ty Jordan has just got everybody just so fired up. So fired up. Although I, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and uh, they were saying, oh, here we go again with Utah. Good luck trying to get a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to be giving it to Jordan? Yes. It's so it's it's the same thing, because I was asking this person about this kid, uh, Dart, at Corner Canyon. And because uh, I, 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 I was selfishly asking, I said, what, what do you think his chances of becoming a Sun Devil are? He said, zero. I said, really, how come? He says, because... They've got two, the two leading factors, uh, people leading the program are in their 60s and they're defensive oriented. He's speaking of Herm Edwards and Marvin Lewis. And they play old school football. And quarterbacks don't necessarily want to go there and do that. And you look, they got Jaden Daniels, but after that, they literally have no one. I mean, they've got walk ons for, for two years in a row. That's what they've had as the backup. Uh, after the the one kid uh, transferred out, and he's saying it's the same thing with Utah. And if you think about it, absolutely, because the leaders of the Devils program are two guys in their 60s, and the leader of the Utes program is a guy, what, in his 80s? And he's from the great beyond, <laughs> Freddie Sr.? <laughs> and so that's the, he's ta- his point was that becomes a little bit of a, of a negative in trying to recruit a big-time quarterback is because you know you're gonna you're gonna go there, you're gonna hand the ball off a lot, and you're gonna play solid defense, and you're gonna punt the ball. You you can pile up a lot of wins because certainly Kyle has done that. But the point that this person was making was that that could be a detriment into bringing in a big time quarterback. Now I know from I don't know about the Sun Devil perspective. I don't know if they've got anybody committed. I don't follow it that closely. Uh, but I know for Utah they've got this kid from Southern California, and we'll see how he pans out. Maybe he very well could be a big-time quarterback. And so, and you also have Cam Rising coming back. I don't know what Bentley's going to do, but Rising's going to come back. So maybe you don't have to worry about it for three or four years because you're already stocked. I guess it depends on how you define uh, big-time. You know, to get the elite five-star guy, you know, uh, that's going to be a problem. But are there any of those guys who are below the radar that Riley talks about who are talented, who are going to come in and end up being better players because they know how to do the grind and they know how to deal with failure and setbacks and ups and downs? Because if you're a quarterback, and quarterbacks are looking for a chance to play, and you ought to be throwing the ball 25 times a game. I think the Utes are throwing a little more than that, but not much. Um, Bentley might be averaging just a shade over that. You're still going to throw the ball 25 times a game, you got a chance to make your mark and be a starting quarterback in a Power Five league. So I get why you're not going to get USC's going to USC's going to throw the ball forty or fifty times in a game. For now, for now, right? But that's probably all high school recruits see. Um, well, actually, he was telling me that he would thought, and I don't know what this dart kid's going to decide, but he was saying that SC it might be UC Los Angeles in the lead because uh, if the Trojans have great success, Harold's gone. And if they don't have success, Harold's gone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's where I don't know if I expect a high school kid to see that, but that's where if he has a good high school coach or uh, you know, a savvy parent who's been an athlete, um, 
Yeah, they can explain that to him pretty quickly because that logic's pretty good. <laughs> well, I think that has been explained to him from yeah. other schools. Oh, yeah. I know that. Right, yeah. <laughs> so, and that's doesn't look like they're going to make uh, wholesale changes at SC because they're what? What are they, 5 and 0? Oh? I don't even know the records now. I know they don't have any losses, but I don't know how many games everybody's played. It's like trying to figure out who, what class guys are in down at BYU with missions and red shirts and transfers and blah, blah, blah. I, I, I need a program now except for a couple of players to figure out what grades these kids are in. And now it's the same thing with records. So you wouldn't think that Helton's going to get canned in the offseason here unless Urban Meyer absolutely says, I want that job and I want it now, <laughs> uh, which doesn't appear to uh, be no. the case. So it looks like he's going to come back. And we know Harrell has already drawn interest. Speaking of Graham Harrell, the offensive coordinator, and he's already drawn interest from other schools as far as being a potential head coach. So this other person's line of thinking was uh, he's probably gone either way. And he's almost certainly you can't guarantee anything, but as close as you can get to a guarantee, if a kid is making a decision now, that peril is not going to be there three years from now. Right. But the whole rep, uh, looking at while you were talking there, I looked up UCLA. They are throwing the ball just a shade under 30 times a game. Basically 30, 30, 30 attempts a game. And uh, at Utah, starting quarterback is averaging 27 throws a game. So this, you know, UCLA likes to run the ball too. I mean, Well, with the quarterback, and that's what he was saying, if you're a running quarterback and you like to do that, he thought that Chip Kelly, in this particular case, case. might have the advantage because not only are you throwing the ball, but you have the opportunity to run the ball yourself more than you would at some of these other programs. And that's certainly the case if you're going to compare it to, to uh, SC. Slovis is only running at a last, uh, last resort. ditch attempt. Yeah. Resort is the word I'm looking for. Thank you. To, to, you know, to avoid a sack or to pick up a yard or two, whatever it might be. Whereas uh, DTR over there and, and uh, with the Bruins eight it's, carries it's a significant part yeah. of the offense eight carries a game for him so a couple times a quarter you're running yeah alright DJ and PK it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone we're going to take a break coming up we're talking BYU football with Dylan Colley in 20 minutes the former Cougar receiver joins us and we'll see what he knows about the bowl matchup we'll talk with him about that Kyle Whittingham youth coach talking with the media at 8.30 stay with us now let's get this party started this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. John Hartwell, athletic director at Utah State, with Gary Anderson no longer the head coach. A nationwide search. What was it about Blake Anderson that jumped out at you? Blake, his experience at Arkansas State, you know, a seven-year body of work, and he talked in his press conference. He said, you know, four and seven this year, but you look at his body of work, you know, the previous six years, all six years that he had been there as a head coach, bowl games every year, won at least seven games, two conference championships, lost in another conference championship. So a proven record of success as a head coach, that was obviously very attractive to us, but I think he will fit very well in Cash Valley with his work ethic and, you know, I, I just, I think he's going to be outstanding. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK brought to you in part by Syringa Networks. Syringa Networks is home to complete business telecom and IT solutions backed by an industry-leading SLA that guarantees the uptime your business needs. It's effective communications for 21st century. Get started now at syringanetworks.net. Yesterday... Did you know, did oh, you know before you go, DJ, that Feliz Navidad means Merry Christmas? As a matter of fact, I did. 
Oh, because you live by the border? Yeah. A lot of people speaking Spanish where I grew up. How about you? Not very well. A little bit, not very well. Took high school Spanish. Tell me, tell me your feelings in Spanish. No, I really can't do that. I held on more to uh, colors, numbers, and a few pronouns, or a few uh, nouns here and there. There's a few, few verbs out there. Trabajo, I work. From the verb. You do? Trabajar. Oh. <laughs> and nobody works harder. I can't say that. I was chastised yesterday, PK. I was rebuked. I need to start selling the app and the open mic a little more often. So we got the question of the morning, and yes, you can go on Facebook go on, and post, or you can go to Twitter and tweet at us, and many people have, but also grab your phone, use the app, use the open mic feature, send us your take. Do you think the Utes should bother with a bowl game? Question of the morning. Kyle says he's going to leave it up to the players after the Washington State game. So we'll see what they want to do, assuming they, they win that game and they're 3-2 and two and see if they want another game. Uh, you don't want to go to a game with all the energy they went to last year's games with, just dragging into the game. Because how much fun was that, PK? Not very. Not very much. Well, the last two bowl games I've been to for Utah have sucked. And it was worse last year. On that very freaking day my dog died, I was in no mood. I was in no mach mood. That was awful. And then they got hammered. Uh, that sucked. And save the ocean, save the world at SwoopUte0226 tweets at us, should the Utes bother with a bowl game only if the team wants to play? It's their reward. So if they would rather go home for Christmas and be done with the season and all that, then uh, there's one, one, one person signing off on it. Jeff, however. Yeah, except that's the issue this year. There isn't really the reward because the reward doesn't necessarily come in playing football. The reward comes in all the activities and the fun stuff, and you get to bring your families, and it, you, you have pep rallies, uh, all that stuff. Not that happening. Into it. None of that stuff is happening. No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just, it literally is just another game. You go. Get on a plane a day or two before. I think the Cougars are going in on a Sunday, and the game is Tuesday. So it's this Sunday, not a Sunday. It's this Sunday. And so they're not going to have the experience that they have. You know, last year, the Riverwalk and all that stuff. And you just had fun activities. Uh, The night before the game and the Riverwalk thing, they have those little boat tours and Mm – uh, I was just standing there. Kyle's family was getting ready to go, and Kyle's brother asked me if I wanted to go, and and I was literally just took a call, phone call from my wife, and she told me that the dog was in trouble. So uh, I was way down in that sit in that moment, and I, I passed on going back because I was worried. And sure enough, it happened uh, <clears throat> overnight. Actually, my wife had to take the dog in like at two in the morning by herself. What a trooper! Uh, but uh, the year the, in San Diego, they were staying down at the uh, Marriott on the waterfront, and day before the game, the weather was just gorgeous, and they had this big rally out back with the waterfront uh, as the view. And what do they call that place? Uh, just down the sidewalk, um, not Ports of Call, but with the, that shopping area that they have down there. Oh, know, Seaport Village. Seaport Village. Yeah, there you go. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't think of it. There, and yeah. so people were coming and going, and, and it was just a joyous time. Now, the game sucked, but uh, it didn't. <laughs> well, the, fact, first, it rained. The, the first half of the game was fine, and then there was a massive storm that came in at halftime yeah. and just yeah. dumped. I mean, it was a deluge. Yeah. There's a word you don't get to use very often. And then the second half, totally different game. No, Northwestern was right. on its heels for 30 minutes and then totally in control in the youth. Well, they turned the they ball over. They bleeped the bed, no, as, they, I, as I understand. They turned the ball over multiple <laughs> times, and in the immortal words... Was it Cody uh, Barty, Barton? <laughs> Cody yeah. Barton. Cody Barton. Yeah. He bleeped the bed. <laughs> and Rod Zundel looked at me. Did he just say they bleeped the bed? Because we were standing in the back. <laughs> I said, yeah, he did. Yes, yes, he did, Rod. Chuckle. <laughs> and so, but all the activities leading up to it were a ton of fun. Now, they're not going to be able to do any of that stuff. So, so it's not, it's a reward to be together one last time because there's always changes. But the, the reward isn't nearly as complete as it usually is. So it'll be interesting to see if the youths, uh, and I think, uh, you know, put yourself, what would you do? What would I do if we were in that place? Uh, well, wait a minute. Before you tell me that, what's, what game? Where are we going? You know, because the Cougars, hey, you're going to Florida. It's going to be warm for the two or three days you're down there hanging out. That might be fun. Uh, but if you're going somewhere yeah, yeah, else, yeah. Yeah, eh, I get it. maybe not. Because that's one of the things you can kind of hold on to. Now, we know that the bowl games in San Diego, L.A., and Vegas are off. The bowl game in Hawaii is off. Those are some pretty good destinations in the West, and they're not happening. But, you know, tell me where I'm going before I vote, Coach, because that's going to factor in. Yeah, but can you do that, though? You may not. You may not. You may just have to roll with it. Maybe they'll know. Um, you know, there's a lot of backdoor communication, so I don't. Yeah, they, I, they, yeah, they could probably have an idea. Yeah. My my personal belief is I want to see them play, but that's completely selfish. Right. Because I enjoy watching the local teams play. Yes, I totally. Because it's off probably on that. going to be on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something. You know, it's not going to be where I'm going to have NFL football conflicting. Nope. Uh, I don't know about jazz basketball, what they're going to be doing at that point, uh, because we don't know when the games are going to, what, what game the college team would go to. But from a selfish standpoint, I enjoy watching them play. And so I would like to, I'm going to miss not being there. I don't think we're going. And I've been to all the bowl games that the Utes and Cougars have been to in recent years since they've uh, gone independent and gone into the conference. Uh, so I won't do that, but I can I can get over that. That's not that big of a deal. I just enjoy watching them play on my television and now getting on the Zoom call and asking a couple of questions. All right, DJ and PK are taking a break. When we come back, we'll talk uh, BYU and Boca Raton and UCF with Dylan Colley, the former BYU wide receiver. Kyle Winningham's coming up at 8.30. Stay with us.